0: hello there guys and welcome to another episode of genuine chit chat this week is part two of my chat with bruce wozniak of now hear this now if you missed last week i really recommend going back and listening to part one but just in case you don't fancy that bruce wozniak is the founder of the now hear this company and the now hear this entertainment podcast as well as the catholic sports radio podcast And here's just a couple of bullet points of things that we speak about in the chat without spoiling too much. We continue our discussion on the entertainment industry. That's quite a focal point. We speak about some of the pitfalls for entertainers that they fall into. We discuss what sweat equity is, the value and variety of collaboration, and we give a lot of examples of that as well. That's quite fun. A couple of cool stories. Uh, Bruce talks about his public speaking. We speak about the importance of consistency, putting content out there in all what aspects of entertainment and lots of other things as well so it's a really fun chat staying in the same themes as part one but you know both marry together very well i'll include links in the description to bruce's various podcasts and his website and yeah i really recommend you go check out his podcast after listening to this and you know, share him some love he's a really really cool guy who's very passionate about what he does There's no promo today, so shortly the music is going to start playing and it will get right into the chat. And if you haven't listened to the show before, just to clarify, after the main chat, I'll be back at the end to talk about the things that are coming up. Because, you know, next week is going to be my 100th episode, so probably want to find out what that's all about and i always talk about my other podcast styles comics and canon and a few other bits and pieces there so make sure you stick around to the end but i'll let the chat get started thanks as always for tuning in guys check out genuine chit chat on all the usual social media places leave reviews on itunes tell people about the show and do all the usual lovely things thanks so much for listening guys and i'll talk to you at the end welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people And I'm your host, Mike Burton. What, in your opinion, are some of the biggest pitfalls uh, that entertainers and musicians get themselves into that they think maybe might help themselves and actually hurts them, or something sort of vague to that, the sort of pitfalls of, of entertainment, as it were?
1: Well, unfortunately, I think a lot of entertainers are their own worst enemy because they're stubborn and when I say they don't admit that they need help it's difficult for me to say that being in the role that I'm in because it sounds self-serving it sounds like I'm fishing for business and it's not it's people who are so stubborn that they're not getting ahead because they're in their own way so for instance I'm thinking of things like songwriters that I've heard who will write a song, and they're not happy with it, and they'll come back to it, and they'll rework it, and they'll rework it, and they'll rework it, and they'll just never finish a song because they're such perfectionists that they're their own worst enemy. And at some point, you have to admit, every song you write is not going to be a hit, and you're always going to get better. It's just like anything else. If you go to the gym and you keep working out, The first time you go there you're not gonna be able to lift too much but two years later you're gonna be lifting so much you're gonna say well it's because i've been coming here three times a week every week for two years so the more songs you write the better you're gonna get instead of trying to perfect that one over and over and over you just got to finish it and let it go and now with streaming i see a real problem that a lot of artists have which is they're so busy pushing everybody to spotify pre-save my new song on Spotify. It's coming out on such and such a date. And then out of the other side of their mouth, they want to complain about how much they get or don't get from Spotify. So you have to decide which is it. And that's where I say that whole theory of don't put all your eggs in one basket. Okay, why don't you push them more to purchase downloads of your song from iTunes or you'll get a much bigger percentage. Now, granted, I know it's not a lot because if your song downloads for 99 cents, you know, you might get say 72 cents out of that, but 72 cents is a lot more than a fraction of a penny for one stream on Spotify. So mistakes like that, you know, there's, there's, Oh my gosh, the list is so long, you know, people who start into music and they think they need a band right away, which they don't because then you're dealing with other people's schedules. You're dealing with other people's egos. You're having to split the money, and so all of a sudden you're saying, Well, I'm not making anything. Well, that's because you thought you had to have a band behind you. So there's a lot of mistakes that are being made, which fortunately are easy to correct, but it starts by looking in the mirror and saying, Okay, you know, am I kind of keeping everything to myself and saying, I know I need help, but I have to succeed on my own? It's almost like they have to prove it to themselves and others, which. Wouldn't you be perfectly content if you were really successful and it was a bunch of people that helped you get there as opposed to, no, I'm going to stay true to who I am and I'm going to do this all on my own. Because what happens is, I think another problem, Mike, is one of the bad things about social media is that there's so many numbers out there that it's easy for people to compare themselves to others and they look and see, how does he have that many followers? How does she have that many likes on that post? how does this person have this many views on their YouTube? And instead of doing that, I think you have to look at, well, what are you doing for yourself? Or more importantly, what can you learn from them? Instead of saying, how does she have that many views on her YouTube in a negative way? You say it with curiosity of, hmm, I'd like to see what she's doing on YouTube that maybe I could learn from that can help me to get more views of my videos. And I always talk about, and you'll hear me say this a lot, When you listen to the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast, I say that the correct CEO word is collaboration. The wrong CEO word is competition. And too many musicians look at each other as competition instead of as collaboration partners. And there's so many opportunities that you can get by collaborating with other people. And that doesn't necessarily mean, does that mean that they have to play on a song on my album? Does that mean that they have to join me on stage at my next performance? Not really, you can support each other in a whole lot of other ways. If someone's really good at video editing and they're willing to help you and in exchange, you can play guitar for them on their next single or whatever it is, that's a collaboration. So the list is very long, Mike, unfortunately, of, of things that can be improved upon from the standpoint of being a successful entertainer. And it really just starts with, I, I always like to use the word doing a self-audit you know, look yourself in the mirror and say, am I my own worst enemy? And who can I get to help me? And the whole idea of sweat equity, I'm at the point in my career where I need to get paid for what I do. And I had somebody come to me and say, I really think you can help me. And I'd really love to work with you. But right now I'm just looking for people to put sweat equity into this. That's a tough ask. And so you really got to be selective when you're going to roll that phrase out there because I don't want to say I was offended by it, but I knew the minute that that was put before me that that was not something I was going to be interested in. So you really got to get to know people and, and obviously don't just go with your handout. But if you're going to ask them for something, you got to be in a position where it's someone that you feel comfortable that you can make the ask. But, but you always have to remember how common the word no is in the entertainment business.
0: Mm. I mean that's a very good point of all the different things that you've said there, and I found that in the podcasting realm it can be very similar in a lot of ways. Obviously, still ent- podcast is still entertainment. It's obviously specifically with music, it's audio entertainment. So in in that sort of realm, it's quite similar. It's just the performance side of things, the live side of things, is a lot less commonplace in podcasting than it is in music, and. What I found myself is seeing on some of the podcasting uh, communities that I know you and I are both mutually part of, at least one of them, is that I see so many people on there posting, you know, oh my God, I've started a podcast and I've got this many listens. I thought I was going to get more. What can I do? Or, oh, I got 2,000 listens on my second ever episode. Then the next one, I only had 10. Oh my God, what have I done wrong? And it's just like, people watch the numbers just exactly as you said there, so fiercely. With myself, I try and really avoid looking at the numbers. I, I see them once a week when I upload a new episode because when I go to the... I use a yeah. website called Podbean. I go on there and there's a little tab that says statistics right under publish. So I just click on that and go, oh, cool. Click back and that, that, that's it. Exactly. Like it. It's It needs to... Well, a lot of people don't do it when, be it in music or in general entertainment for a, a lot of things. It's not for everything it works in, but it kind of has to start at the very least as a passion because you have to, especially in media and the entertainment industry, there has to be that understanding that you may not necessarily, air quotes, make it big. But, you know, if you it's like lady gaga as an example i think she was writing songs for people for years and, years and years and years and years and then someone said to her you got a great voice you should release a song and then she didn't obviously she shot up and made massive and the reason i mention that is because what well, some people hear that and they go oh cool so i can do something else and eventually i'll shoot to superstardom and my mind is more so what's the problem with just being that first part like if you as you've said you know people don't want to put all their eggs in one basket if if you're a musician and you can play guitar on someone else's track or something and you do that and if you could even make a living or even make a little bit of money you still have got your standard 9 to 5 if you make a bit of money so you've got your passion project that is also giving you a bit of extra money on the side and you're having fun is it not better in certain ways to be able to do say play guitar on stage with a mate's band as well as releasing your solo stuff on Bandcamp and stuff that gets a few hundred yeah. or thousand listens yeah. and doing all these little things that bring you joy and they actually bring substance and they bring meaning and doing these things without that expectation to oh this next thing this is going to make me famous because i find it in the podcasting realm especially it is very very common for people to be like oh, i've been out for six months i've only got this many listeners how am i going to make money off it and i'm like whoa podcasting yeah. like trying to make money out of podcasting by itself is a very hard thing to do and if you're going into it only on the basis that you're going to make money you're almost certainly going to burn out exactly. before you get to the point exactly and it, it's what you've been saying on some of your podcasts and things and some of the, the the ideas that you've been speaking about with people you've had on the show and obviously a lot of things you've shared here is just and obviously on your blog is just full of really cool tidbits and interesting bits of information and it's people get an idea in their head and as you say they get in their own way they they get an idea in their head they got my friend told me i'm an amazing singer and guitarist and therefore that's all i need to do and it's like no, what you said there, collaboration, competition, that is 100% agree with you.
1: Well, and there's also, I do tell people that you do have to be your own biggest cheerleader. You do have to be your own biggest promoter because if you don't do it, then who else is going to do it for you? And I don't mean, well, Bruce, you just said we could hire you to be our publicist. Yes, but until you get to the point where you hire a publicist or a manager, or a booking agent or whatever it is, you have to be, and even still, even in that case, it is your brand that is being promoted. So you still have to be your own biggest promoter. But the problem is that sometimes it gets done in the wrong place. And so, you know, when you mentioned before, Mike, about how you and I are probably in at least one podcasting group together on Facebook, if not more that we don't know about, I see podcasters going into podcast groups and dropping links to their own podcast. You're promoting to the wrong people you don't tell other podcasts, other podcasters, you should listen to my podcast. You have to know who your audience is. My audience for now here, this entertainment is sure fans of the guests that I interview each week. It's people who are just casual music listeners and enjoy discovering artists that they've not heard about before, or they just enjoy good music interviews, but it's also up and coming entertainers who want to learn from these guests that are having success and I'm interviewing. So why would I go into a podcaster's group and say, go and listen to the latest episode of now hear this entertainment. I've got the whoever the keyboard player for Aerosmith. That's not who I'm appealing to. And so musicians do the same thing. Musicians want to drop their link to their album, to their single, to their EP in groups that other musicians are in. You're not promoting to other musicians. The other musicians aren't going to buy your music. They're not going to download it. I was watching an Instagram live last night and it was somebody who was on my podcast that ironically was doing an Instagram live with one of my clients who that's a connection that I was able to make because of my podcast. But somebody in the comments on the Instagram live kept dropping links to his music That's a waste of time. Number one, it's rude because it's someone else's Instagram live that you're crashing. But number two, it's just misplaced. So you need to know where would be appropriate for me to promote where people might be inclined to download or stream.
0: Mm, exactly. And, and b- bouncing off the thing you said about collaboration and things is I find in the podcast uh, realm, and I've said this on multiple podcasts as well, is that I think collaboration is the most important thing about podcasting in my eyes, because obviously with a show like yours or a show like mine, the baseline is we have to collaborate. Otherwise, we do not have a show. You know, e- each yeah. of us having guests is a, is a collaboration, obviously. Yeah. And I, I do a thing on my show, which I do uh, most episodes, which is um, I play a promo. Just after my little intro bit, I play a, normally a minute or so promo of another one show. And in, as a, sort of uh, they play a promo of mine, I play a promo of theirs. It's only small. It doesn't, in my opinion, uh, ruin the integrity of the show. And it does help slowly cross-pollinate my show. I don't only think that alone is going to be enough for me to become famous. No, because that's not why I do it. And also because that... And that's got played on Joe Rogan. It's been very unlikely that it's going to get (laughs) enough traction for that. But it is, I found that the collaboration is actually the thing that I find the most fun about podcasting is that certain individuals have approached me and things and asked to come on the show. And obviously we got connected in a similar way. And it's like some of my most fruitful conversations are people who contact me and say, look, your show sounds cool. Are you interested in having me on or anything like that? And I've made some good friends from me just saying yes to the right people i'm not saying you know don't if you're starting a podcasting you can probably say yes a bit more than you can say no but you you can't you do have to vet the people that come on to some degree but it's it's just it's so much fun now i'm in a few different groups just in like um I like Twitter. I'm in a group of like 10 other podcasters and we just chat about comic books and all that sort of stuff because of the work that I've done. I collaborated with a couple of people. And the reason I do my styles podcast is that's on someone else's channel. It's a channel called Comics Emotion. And the only reason I started that is because I had them on my show. I went on their show. We were chatting. We had a lot in common. We just got on really well and they went, look, we're going to do this thing. We want a different show every day of the week on our podcast. Would you be interested in coming on? Uh, and doing that because we like your show. And so I wouldn't have necessarily started a second podcast or at least probably not for a while. But because I was approached by that and because I already had that friendship with them, I've now got another podcast. And that other podcast is just for fun. But there are people who listen to that podcast who have listened to genuine chit chat because of that. Yeah. And the kind of point I'm trying to make is like, it's not always obvious how things will pay off, but you, sh- one shouldn't always necessarily look at, uh, and I think we're both saying similar things with collaboration especially, is that, you should collaborate when it's fun for you to do if you feel like something good's going to come out of it or if you a lot of the time just like the other individual that's right. because a lot of the time even if yeah even if you and this other individual don't write the greatest rock song that's ever existed and become world famous and all the world you may just meet someone who's really cool and they may just as you say help you out in a little bit here and there or you just make a mate it's it's cool to have people that you know in the certain industry to just have someone, even if you bounce ideas off things, because with my podcast, for example, I've asked my pod friends, as I call them, I've said to them, look, this podcast I released, do you think it's good enough? Do you and they are honest with me. And, and that's what you need was for sure my friends who don't listen to podcasts as much, they may say, Oh, we like you, Mike, so it sounds great. And and as you said, you said quite early on in this thing, in this conversation, it's the criticism has to be from the right source a lot of the time as well. Yes, yes. So I just think collaboration is just, it's so, so undervalued in in almost every facet of life, I'd say.
1: Well, I think in the music business, some people don't understand collaboration in the context that you're describing it. I think they hear collaboration and the only view they have of it is a song by this artist where this other artist is doing guest vocals on it. And that's not the only way to collaborate in music because, What I have found, and this is one of the things that I was talking about when I said that when I first started my Now Hear This Entertainment podcast, I thought it was just supposed to be a marketing tool for my business. I didn't know what it would turn into. What I didn't know that it would turn into is me meeting people, meeting my guests, and realizing how we could help each other. So then you marry that with what I just talked about a few minutes ago, which is, yes, there are people at a high level of entertainment who are doing other things. I was out in Hollywood, wanna say it was last September, and I had breakfast with the bass player for Pink because she had been on my podcast. But the more I listened to her and talked to her, and she told me about a project that she was doing, I asked her, do you know who so-and-so is? And she said, I, I don't know, who is he? So I told her, he was a guest on my podcast, but more importantly, He's a multi-instrumentalist who has performed with the likes of Supertramp, with Pink Floyd, with Toto. And I said, he's doing something very similar to what you're describing. The two of you could probably benefit from knowing each other. Let me connect the two of you. And someone might hear that and say, but Bruce, why would you do that? That doesn't benefit you in any way. It doesn't matter because it's what you said, Mike. It's just... The right thing to do, and yet you don't know if someday it might come back around where one of them comes back to you and says something, but you don't do it with that expectation. Now, the client that I referred to when she moved out to Hollywood, she was a dancer first and a singer second, but she decided she really wanted to do more vocally. So I asked somebody who has been a guest on my podcast twice, uh, among other endeavors. She has been on tour with Joe Walsh as one of his backup singers. And so she and I just really hit it off nicely. One of our interviews, we were able to do face-to-face. So I think that really helps you form a stronger connection with a guest when you're sitting in the same room with them. And so I told her, because she lives out in California also, I said, I've got a client that just moved out there that wants to do more vocally. And so I'm looking to put her with someone that can help her And I wonder, would you be interested in doing that? And she said, I don't think it would be right for me to do it. She said, but my ex-husband can help her because he's very nearby to her geographically and he does work with people in that capacity. And so you hear of this bizarre, you know it's kind of like six degrees of separation thing. Wait, so someone who is a guest on your podcast, her ex-husband is helping your client. And they've done wonderfully together. And this guy has done tremendous things by her And you can see a tremendous improvement in what she's doing vocally. And it's all because of my podcast. If I wasn't interviewing the people that I'm interviewing and quote unquote meeting people like that, then you don't have these connections that you can make where I would borderline consider that person that I referred to a friend where if the tour came through Tampa, I would say, are we going to have time where maybe we could get lunch? You know, obviously you can't go to dinner because they have a show at night but those are the kind of relationships that you can foster and what i just described there is a collaboration nobody's saying on anybody's record but it was a collaboration
0: Mm -hmm. and i agree and i think a lot of people if if they listen to my show they i normally at the end of each chat i have this little rambly bit at the end it's like five minutes where i kind of just talk about what's to come up and blah 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 just people who are who are often constant subscribers who want to hear from me a little bit more that's normally where i put it in because some people talk at the start of the podcast for like 10 minutes and it gets a bit dreary and i used to do that early on to be fair but it's one of those things where there's so many podcasters that i've collaborated with and it's as you say i was actually uh, gonna say exactly that the six degrees of separation where it's uh, such a small seemingly small thing but obviously it is a degree of effort introducing people even if you just send one email with someone else cc'd in and say hello here they are it's a tiny bit of effort but people who view that as too much effort they have the wrong mindset it's almost like it's sowing the seeds isn't it it's like you could put a thousand seeds in the ground and one of them could grow into this nice big giant sunflower but the, the the point of it wasn't to grow a sunflower necessarily it was just sowing the seeds it's just that's what you want to do because it helps out other people but the fact that something grows out of that is is so rewarding i've had i've had people on my show and they've said oh if you know anyone else who'd like to have me on their show could you uh, let me know or oh i'm really interested in this voice acting thing do you know anyone if you know anyone just let me know and you connect to certain people and then maybe you don't hear about it for months sometimes even you know a year or two and then you just see a little thing and you see it's those two people that you know you kind of connect to them in some way and it's it is I, I kind of almost compare it to the same sort of feeling as just doing uh a nice gesture for someone without expecting anything in return like you know holding a door open for someone yeah. or yeah. smiling at someone or someone drops something and you just pick it up and give it to them like to you that takes a few seconds or maybe a few minutes out of your day but really it hasn't affected your day at all but that thing you do for someone else that altruistic uh well the altruistic action is, can be so valuable to someone else. And even I, I like to say to people if you go to a gig and you see uh, local bands perform live, because good friends of mine are in bands, my brother's been in bands, that sort of thing. If I go to a gig and I see a band play and they are brilliant. I will make a specific effort to speak to the person or to the front man or any members of the band I see and tell them, I thought you guys are amazing, whatever, you know, you see how happy that makes people. I mean, it's no skin off my back. It doesn't, you know, me, me spending an extra two minutes in a pub or in a venue trying to find someone just to say, oh, you did a great job that's not a big deal to me but I know it from experience of not only how you can see it in the people but also from my friends who are guests it, it, right. uh, my friends who think it makes their it changes that it can really like some people have said like um, a good example is a nerdy reference is Harrison Ford he was going to be an actor it kind of didn't work out for him for a bit and then he started reading uh, lines of Star Wars to wow. he was bouncing off other actors he was there wow. just so people who are auditioning to be Han Solo could bounce off him reading the other lines of the script but george lucas and the rest of them liked him him doing that so much they actually chose him Uh. and that's just a really weird random little fun trivia fact (laughs) it's it's things like that where you hear of bands where they were they were going to quit and they and then they just had one fan who said you're amazing or you're my favorite band or buy a cd and that pushes them for a week and then it goes from there i do a lot of speaking as i said before so much so that i have a whole
1: separate website completely devoted just to all the speaking that i do. And it's been amazing some of the things that I've seen happen, which, mind you, I could have done an entire episode of your show just giving listeners examples of you never know who might be in the audience from the music standpoint. But I have seen amazing things myself when I've been the quote unquote talent, meaning that I'm doing a speaking engagement. For instance, there was one time that I was booked here in the Tampa Bay area to be a speaker at an event that was called an e-marketing group. And when I arrived, the couple who was running it were there and I could tell that it seemed like something was wrong. And I asked if everything was okay. And they said, there's one person here. And I said, okay. And they said, so I don't know if you want to cancel or I don't know if you want to maybe just delay and and perhaps more people will show up. And I said, well, that lady came out here. She deserves to get the same presentation that anybody else would. So I'm still going to do it. And lo and behold, that lady ended up hiring me to be her publicist out of just Mm -hmm. one person in the room. I impressed her enough that she hired me. And I also was last year in Las Vegas, and I was speaking at a writer's retreat. And as you can tell by them using the word retreat, this is not some massive conference that has a thousand people at it. And so... I know that there are people who look at me and say, why do you travel all over and do these speaking engagements when all you're really doing is educating? And it's because of the mindset that you just described, Mike. It's because I know I'm helping people. And people are going to remember that. And yes, if they have questions, guess who they're going to ask? They're going to find that Bruce guy who is the speaker and they're going to follow up and contact him. But yet, at that writer's retreat, I got two new clients. I was speaking at that. And this past January... While the world was still okay, I was out in California and I spoke at a massive, massive, massive event. It's enormous, it takes place every year. And that was at the end of January. I think it was the end of April. I got an email from a girl who wrote and said, I saw you speak in California in January, and I'm only now finally getting around to writing to the people that I met there thank you for the great job that you did, et cetera, et cetera. It turns out that that she herself is a singer-songwriter. I was so impressed by getting to know this young lady because we had some emails, we got on uh, Skype once or twice. I was so impressed by what she was doing that I asked her for the business. And I said, Mm -hmm. I really am impressed by what you're doing and I would love to work with you. So those are the types of things that you go into it with this attitude of, I'm just here to help people and not, let's see how much business I can get out of this. Yes, full transparency, of course. Everybody wants email addresses. Everybody's got something to sell. If people would have bought my ebook that day, I would have been happy. If they would have given me their email address, I would have been happy. If they would have hired me in some kind of paying capacity, I would have been happy. But it starts with, I'm here. You also have to remember the person that booked you. I'm here to make that person look good in the sense of they are happy that the speaker gave a quality presentation and the attendees went away happy, feeling like they learned something. So I'm there to educate people. And then yes, hopefully if they see enough value in what I deliver, then they say, I want more from this guy. It's just like with the podcast. When I tell people, if you feel you're getting some value out of Now Hear This Entertainment, I'd appreciate it if you would, join my Patreon. It's only five bucks a month, but I'm going to give you extra audio for that. I'm going to give you bonus content that's not available anywhere else. And I assume that people will say, yeah, I'd like to hear the extra conversation that he had with this guest. Or every week, I'd like to hear what they talk about when he turns off the mic after the formal podcast interview is is over with. But then I also tell people, to me, it means a lot that you appreciate what I'm doing and you want to support me because it's not unlike these artists who I interview every week that are talking about their upcoming new release, whether it's a single, an EP or album. And I always say these episodes that I release every week, these are my new releases, quote unquote. So I have this craft, this art that I'm participating in, just like the musicians do. So I would like it if you would support me that way, because it's like you mentioned that you go through the venue and you find the artist and say, I really enjoyed your show tonight. Oh, wow. What's your name? Uh, I'm Mike Burton. Oh, hi Mike. Where are you from? You know, and then you tell them how much they like their music and that means a lot. Someone joins my Patreon. Yeah. The $5 does help because I have expenses for the podcast, but it means more to me because someone says there's value in all the time this guy puts into it. There's value in the education I'm getting from listening to these guests, all these interviews every week. So I think people need to understand that mindset can really it's like somebody once told me that if the first thought that you wake up with in the day is positive, it's a good start. If you wake up and you're already in a negative mindset, then you're probably gonna have a bad day and you're gonna be complaining a lot and you're not gonna realize that it's because when you woke up, the very first thing you thought
0: of was a negative thought. Mm. That's a very good way of putting it in things. And one thing I want to ask you about as well is um well we'll just say with with my show i've never with genuine chit i've never fully thought i'm gonna stop doing this but there have been times where um especially more early on where um it's not all about the listeners obviously but i was getting a huge amount of listeners and then it was taking up a huge amount of time it was a point in my life where i was very uh, stressed about certain things and so spending f- for or so hours on the weekend, you know, doing artwork for my podcast, show notes, editing, etc., etc. et cetera, doing all these things. It was kind of taking a toll on me to, to a degree. And I was considering, I was like, should I maybe reduce it down to every other week? Should I mm. maybe stop for a little while? And I, I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. And I've had that little thought, Probably two or three times since I very started the podcast. It's probably about every year or so. uh, It kind of happens. Just normally, there's a busy period of my life, and then I'm like, "Oh, Sunday night, I'm trying to get an episode edited (laughs) and stuff." But every time I've even thought that, weirdly enough, and maybe I was just thinking more often, but every time I've thought that, I get someone send me an email or write on a post or contact me and say just something nice, and you know, someone it I, was one time I was thinking about it and then I just got a review on iTunes from someone who I didn't recognize the username or anything. Yeah. Uh, and they just said, I just found the show. I think it's amazing and it's, it's really great. And it's, you know, some sort of positive thing they said about it. And then me just seeing that, I don't really check reviews that often, but on that one time I saw it and I was just like that tiny taking, you know, what a minute or two out of their day, just to tell me that they appreciate the show that gave me enough energy to go on for like six more months. And people underestimate the value of appreciation in the way that what I don't like is when people go oh you should do this for me for free because you get you know appreciation for it it's like (laughs) there is there is more to it than that but the the appreciation you give to artists and things is is a big one for me so what you've said in there is is I completely agree with you and another thing that I think we we share in common quite a lot is uh consistency I know that consistency for you is very much a big thing in your podcast I've been doing it for three years I've I haven't, I'm not as good as you are, but I've, the only times I haven't released is each Christmas because I normally take time off work and I just, between 24th and like the first or second of January, I don't want to do anything of any kind of work, <laughs> of any kind. The chores <laughs> normally stack up as well, but I'm like, no, not even fun work. I want to do nothing for a week. And excluding that and the times I've gone abroad and it would not be practical to take all my podcasting equipment abroad and all that sort of jazz. I've released an episode basically every Sunday, but you've won up even further on that because you've released...
1: Have you ever missed a week? No, and that's something that I tell podcasters when I'm starting into my presentation about 20 plus ways to promote your podcast. I give them some background on me so they know who I am and what qualifies me to do that presentation. But I tell them I have delivered a new episode on time every week for almost six and a half years, and I say I'm not saying that to be self serving. I'm saying that because that is something that gets people's attention because it shows the consistency. It shows the dedication. And I say, so consider even saying something like that when you're talking to people about your podcast, because it is overlooked and it is something that is worth highlighting. And it's been the same with Catholic Sports Radio. Today, I just released episode 336 of Now Hear This Entertainment, and I've not missed a Catholic Sports Radio podcast yet either. I'm up to 76 episodes of that show so pretty soon i will start doing the old on time every week but to me it's only going on a year and a half so as impressive as that might be to some people when you're comparing it to six and a half years you know i want to let it continue to grow a little bit more
0: it's consistency in the podcasting realm is something that people cling to and it's one of the things that puts you above other shows i mean i've there's plenty of shows that i've I collaborated with in the past and I've listened to and I, I generally love the shows and I obviously I'm not going to mention them because it's not really fair but these shows I absolutely love them and then they've got they've had massive gaps of recording or things obviously personal I, I'm sympathetic the personal life that can get in the way of certain things I'm a you know I'm with my I live with my partner but I don't have kids fortunately and because of COVID and things I've been able to do my job from home so a lot of the big things in life I've been able to kind of they haven't affected my podcasting and I sympathize with people they have but so there's other people I know who, they, they get they think I really want to do a podcast and people I'm sure you there's people in music whether people you know or maybe even clients where they lose momentum far too quickly. Yeah. yeah. And with me, I just got my own momentum almost like a steam train where, like, if I've got work to do and I, I do a little bit of graphic design for other podcasters. Sometimes I've made a couple of logos and things um, because I used to work in graphic design. Um, and I I do it free obviously in things and it can take me a little while, but. I'm always like, oh, I need to get this done soon. And then I just keep putting it off. But then once I sit down and I'm like, right, let's do it. The first half hour, it takes a little bit of a while. But after an hour, I am like going double speed and I'm go- I'm really, really going for it. And with other people, I find is especially in podcasting, I find it's arguably one of the most popular ones because everyone's got, everyone's got a smartphone. Everyone's really got a microphone. And there's so many things like Anchor now where you can just upload for free and stuff people go I'm interesting and my friends are cool and it's really fun and we chat every Friday night so let's all do a podcast and then they do it for like you know a few months maybe even a year and then they they kind of run out of momentum and then they haven't got super famous in a year uh, they haven't made loads of money or anything and they just kind of slowly kill off and then a really good show dies and i always find it such a shame that i, I can't remember what the statistic was but it was some ridiculously high amount i think it's like half of all podcasts die within the first like six months to a year or something and then like 70 or 80 percent of them die within the first two years and it it's one of those things that kind of uh, backs up what you said about consistency which is such a big thing but also i find collaboration is another one of those things where it, it keeps it reignites the fire yeah you know,
1: yeah for sure and I, I almost feel like in the music business, it could help even more so because I like that you did mention the music business in along with what you just said, because when I look and I see that somebody hasn't put something out, a single, an EP, an album in three or four years, I wonder, is their music career still going? And if you go to their website and you check out their website and it looks like it hasn't been up, updated for a long time You know, as a publicist, when I am trying to get my clients booked on a podcast, that's one of the first things I'll do is I'll go to iTunes and I'll look and see, well, wait a minute, when was the last time they put out an episode of the show? Because you could spend all kinds of time doing all kinds of research and saying, wow, this podcast looks terrific. This would be a perfect fit for them to interview my client. And then you look and see that, no, this podcast stopped two and a half years ago. So you just wasted all this time doing all this research and preparing to pitch them your client when they don't even do it anymore. So sadly, that's one of the other interview tips that I give out when I tell people about getting themselves interviewed is check first and make sure that the show is still active. But on the music side, for sure, if somebody contacts me and says, I'd love to be interviewed, on now hear this entertainment. Or if they say, I'm looking for someone to be my manager, someone to be my publicist, I'm going to look them up. And if I see that they haven't put out any new music in a couple of years, I'm going to say, well, where are you in your career? Because it looks like you haven't released anything since 2018, since 2017. And it might be what you're saying, Mike, which is, well, you know, I'm a little uninspired and maybe they need a collaboration partner to kind of renew them. But, you know, that's kind of a burden that you do bear when you're committing yourself to making a career in entertainment. It's guess what? People are expecting something out of you. I like to say that I have a verbal contract with my listeners. They expect there to be a new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment every Wednesday. And the Catholic Sports Radio listeners expect there to be a new episode every Monday. And so if someone's going to support your music career and follow you and buy your music, well, they're kind of expecting you to put new music out (laughs) on a somewhat regular basis. So, you know, you can't just kind of disappear for, especially now in this day and age, when it's so accessible and people can record at home and people can get it distributed, distributed on their own, there's really no excuse to say, you know, well, I'm in a period right now where I'm just kind of hanging back. And no, because there are people that are, I see, I see performers, you'll see them posting on social media where they're challenging themselves. I'm going to put out a new single every month for the whole year. And so you go, well, it's one song a month. Yeah, but it's writing that song, it's recording that song, it's getting it produced, mixed, mastered, the whole thing. That's a lot of work, but you could tell they're devoted, and that's going to get my attention a whole lot more than the person that says, yeah, you know, I I sing, I songwrite, I play guitar, I play piano, but you haven't put anything out in two years. So what are you doing? I don't care that you have all those talents. Why aren't you putting any of it on vinyl?
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I completely agree with you. There's been, it's even with merchandise, for example. There's um, at Christmas or the birthday or normally, um, my mum will say, you know, sure. Say, what do I want? And obviously, I've had a job now for near ten years, so I've generally I buy my own stuff. But when it comes to Christmas things, it's it can often be a struggle because unless there's just like a a bigger thing for like hundred pounds or something, I don't really know what to ask for my mum. So now what I generally do is I'll put. I'll say to her, I, at the moment, I like this TV series or these 20 TV shows and these 20 musicians. Because obviously when, when I used to live with my mum, I had posters everywhere and I'd talk about things all the time. And so she would pick up little things I liked and just be able to buy me a T-shirt of a band I liked or be able to, you know I mean? But so now I, I give her this little uh just thing and say, I like these 20 things at the moment. Buy me a pop vinyl and a T-shirt mm. and I'll be happy or something. And I will not no longer really put in band names if I haven't listened to that band release anything new in a long time and um, there's a band that I, I really like called pierce the veil and they had some sort of controversy i think with the uh the drummer and things which i'm not gonna get into but i really liked them as a band for they were my favorite band for ages i even got uh one of their vinyls and um they are a fairly newish band but they released four albums or something and they're quite big in the alternative scene and things like that and then they just dropped off the radar and mm. and when i trying to, and now when I, I kind of it's almost like a bad taste in my mouth in some degree you know if, if something tragic happens to a band member or something like that someone dies or something that's understandable or if the band says look we're just kind of a bit finished now uh we're going to release we're going to re-release this album or release this one last on single and we're going to be gone that's fine but when a band just stops and you're just a bit <laughs> like so are you are you on good terms with your label if i buy your merch is that going to go to you is that going to go elsewhere are you even are you even involved anymore? Like there's all these weird little yeah. questions that come yeah. into mind and it's it's bouncing off exactly what you said. And it's, it's so many little things that I think people, when they're not in a, uh, in the creative medium where I've obviously only been in for the last few years from releasing my podcasts and things, there's so many small things that don't necessarily come to mind. But once you delve into them, like we have in this conversation with consistency and collaboration, these things, there's so many things that are so important that just the air quotes normal public just really don't realize. And, and that's one of the things that I love about what you're doing with both your business, Now Hear This, and the podcast, Now Hear This Entertainment, because it's shining a light on, in my opinion, all of the right things. And even if people may not be able to afford Or have no money to be able to uh, get a manager or someone to assist in that way, you still provide them with content that they can access that will help them, not only in the sense of your podcast, but also the blog itself. So I, I think one of the things that you're doing is incredible. And this whole conversation, I think, is a really good taster for anyone listening who hasn't heard of you previously to see not only how passionate you are, but also that you genuinely do know what you're talking about. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's been a real pleasure to have you on.
1: They, they go hand in hand. you know. Obviously, you can't do a podcast every week for six and a half years, and you can't write a blog every week for, I think, I don't know, five and a half, six years, something like that, if you're not passionate about what you do, and if you don't enjoy the material. If I was hosting a podcast every week that I just really didn't like, I don't know how long I'd be able to to keep up the charade. But thank you for acknowledging that. Thank you for having me on the show and, and thanks for the opportunity to get in front of your audience and, and to let them know about all these different hats that I'm wearing because sometimes it does become a little overwhelming and, and I do just put my nose down and, and just keep on pushing ahead and pushing ahead and pushing ahead. So it is kind of nice to come up every once in a while and talk to someone else and realize that, yeah, there's people out there that are reading this stuff that are listening to this stuff. And like you said, it's just like, just like the entertainers. Someone comes up and tells them I liked your your show, I liked your song, I liked your album. It's going to inspire them to keep doing what they do and I'm going to keep doing what I do because I enjoy it, but also because that's the way I'm cut out. But it's nice to come on your show. It's nice to get those emails from people and and I'd love to hear from your listeners through social media or through email or whatever saying, you know, I heard you on genuine chit-chat and whatever thoughts they have about the blog or or one of the podcasts or whatever it is so thank you very much for the opportunity i've really enjoyed this
0: no worries at all and i mean i'll be sure um, i need to check out that blog post about uh, social media and i think 20 things to do with the podcast like when you're a podcaster and stuff because i'm sure there's a couple of things that i'm doing that aren't <laughs> ideal so i definitely need to check that out and i've got quite a few friends who musicians and obviously this show where i have of a wide variety of guests when i have a certain musicians and things on i'll be definitely sure to sort of point them your way even if it's just to see your blog even if they're not interested in investing money in any of your services because as i said it's just it's it's a it's nice and it's it's rarer than it should be to have someone who is uh as passionate as you are but also clearly so altruistic so um we're just coming to wrap this up so is there any sort of final words uh you want to give to people uh where to find you i'll include links in the description and whatnot but sort of final words before we uh, hang up
1: well, again, I think if that note that we just closed on didn't reinforce to people that, you know, find something that you're passionate about, find something that you're going to enjoy. There's that tired old expression, find something that you enjoy. You'll never work a day in your life, but it's true. I truly enjoy what I do and I truly enjoy helping people. I truly enjoy the fact that the overwhelming majority of what I do is not about me. Catholic Sports Radio, Now here, This Entertainment, the work I do with my clients, the blog that I write, these are all for the benefit of the consumer and for the benefit of the guests on those two podcasts. So I just really encourage your listeners to kind of do a self-audit, you know, look in the mirror. Is there anything that Bruce talked about that sounds like common sense, yet you're not doing it? Or is there a slight attitude adjustment that you could make that could make a difference in if you are so down on yourself that you're not succeeding in what you want to succeed at well, change your attitude and see if that changes the results because you might be your own worst enemy. And once you get those emails, once you get those compliments, that'll tell you you're doing something right and you are affecting people. So don't be your own worst critic. We all always are. But there are people out there, it's like I've told people, there was a guy who once said, no one's listening to my podcast. And I said, how do you know that? And he said, because it's been out for a year and I've not gotten a single email from a single listener and i said yes but you can go into your hosting company and look at your stats and you see how many downloads you've gotten right yes and i said there's people listening just because you didn't get any emails doesn't mean there's no one listening and so i tell that to musicians as well just because you don't get any emails doesn't mean people aren't listening you see your streaming numbers on spotify you see your download numbers from itunes you see people who are clapping their hands at your show and buying a cd on the spot or buying your t-shirt rally around that stuff
0: and keep the glass half full and what a perfect place to end it on thank you so much bruce it's been a genuine pleasure to have you on thank you mike really appreciate it and that's the end of the podcast thanks as always for tuning in guys as i said in the intro be sure to check out the links in the description to find out more information about bruce and the other stuff that he's been dealing with and also the podcast i did with tonya todd uh, a couple weeks ago I met her through Bruce essentially and I've got another guest booked as well. Uh, the recording was going to be this week but there's a scheduling issue sort of thing so we just we've got that rescheduled for a couple weeks time. Uh, next week is going to be my 100th episode which is quite an exciting endeavor. Uh, any subscribers will know I actually have something like 130 or 140 odd releases out because I the longer episodes like this one a lot of the time I do split but it's the 100th episode as its own thing, and it's quite cool. It's quite a special one. I recorded it last night, and it's with one of my best friends in the world, Reese. Um, any listeners of the show will know that Reese. he was the person who really helped me kind of Get the podcast going. He, uh, he and I used to do a YouTube thing together as well. He appeared on the first ever episode of Genuine Chit Chat, where we pondered the idea whether or not it was ever right to punch a Nazi, uh, which is surprisingly still very relevant. Uh, he's also come on the show to uh, talk about video games in the past, uh, transgender things, um, lots of other random p- bits and pieces. So long-term subscribers will recognize him, whereas the last year or so. I don't think he's actually been on the show because I've been so busy with loads of other guests and things. But I was really excited to do this one. Um, He is one of my favourite people in the whole world and I respect his opinion a lot. So it it's a really fun podcast it's about an hour and 20 minutes i believe and the first half hour is just us being idiots it's mainly me talking for the first half hour but it's just us being idiots and then the second half of the podcast changes gear a little bit where he speaks about meditation and how it really helped his anxiety and obviously there's a lot of that sort of stigma that goes along with meditation and the sort of hippie nonsense you know a lot of people think of so it's a really interesting chat for someone who may want to have their mind changed about meditation in certain ways or that just wants to hear me and my mate talk about kind of silly things for a while so that's what you can expect next week I haven't fully figured out what I'm releasing after that I've got a two-parter recorded with Janine Mercer who's been on the show before I've got a two-parter with Scott Weatherly of the 20th Century Geek Podcast who I've collaborated with on other things I've done with Comics in Motion and I've got a chat due on this coming Monday uh, it's going to be in-person chat which is not something I do that frequently because there's so many interesting guests across the world so I've got that coming up as well uh, I've got Goff to be recorded but that's not going to be for like another month or so I've got another one move with Tonya due, which is just going to be about nerd culture and stuff and just more us talking about the movies and things that we like. Uh, I've, so there's quite a few little ones that I'm going to be kind of doing. I've, I've got a lot planned and things. I'm trying not to get any other podcasts booked uh, between now and like October time. Then I get a bit more of a free reign of it because I'm going to try and aim for some sort of more famous or like higher ranking and air quotes guests and see if i can get any of them on the show but you need to have quite a clear schedule for that sort of thing because at present i don't think i'm free until like october so it would be quite inconvenient for me to contact someone i really want to have on the show and then they'd be like yeah sure i can do it next week and it's like oh i can't so that's great because i have had people before who've rejected coming on the show because i wasn't available within two months which is a weird thing but I suppose I understand. Uh, anyway, that's basically what you can expect from Genuine Chit Chat coming up. Um, you know, I really appreciate If anyone does listen to the show regularly, um, if you could leave a review on, you know, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called, uh, or any of the other places where you can leave reviews, it does really help the show out. And if you share it to any people you know, uh, as I said, the back catalogue is so... I've had such a wide variety of guests now, there's almost no topic that I haven't covered. So if you look through the back catalogue, see anything you'd like, see if there's anyone else you know, because, you know, spreading via word of mouth is really, really helpful, and It means a lot, you know, I really appreciate anyone who does that, and I know some of you have been doing that, so thank you for that. Uh, The only other thing to mention, really, is that I've got another podcast called Star Wars Comics and Canon. It's on the feed of Comics in Motion, who's a podcast I've collaborated with numerous times. It comes out on Saturdays. Each episode is normally between 20 and 40 minutes, uh, and it's just me talking about Star Wars. Uh, Each episode generally tackles a comic or a volume of the comics. I've done the uh, Vader Down crossover, which is one of the coolest representations of Vader there is. Um, All of the comics I talk about are canon, so they are all in the same universe as the main movies, uh, the Clone Wars series, the Rebel series, Mandalorian. They're all in the same universe. They all... Things that happen... Do actually happen. So there's ones I, there's like a three year gap between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and there's a huge comic run in between that time. I've been, I'm going through that at the moment. I've been doing the, there's a Mace Window comic I did recently, a Lando one. The most recent one was a Chewbacca comic, which is really cool, and I give a bit of information about Chewbacca's family and his son, and lots of other little cool tidbits along the way. So I, I generally give a degree of narrative to the comic, so you understand what's going on there, but it also works as a guide if you want to read the comic, because I don't give away all the dialogue. I don't just read it verbatim. I just kind of summarise what's happened, connect it to other things, talk about other species and things that are quite fun for me and other connections. So that's kind of what you can expect from Star Wars Comics and Canon. If you're into Star Wars, either you just really like the films or you're like massively into the books and comics and series and things, it kind of works for any kind of listener. If you're into Star Wars and you want to hear more about it, check out Star Wars Comics in Canon on the feed of Comics in Motion. But that's about it for me, guys, I think. You know, thank you so much for listening, especially all the way to the end. I do really, really appreciate it. And, well, I'll talk to you guys next week for the 100th episode.